Hi there, this is Jonathan at pureandsimplebible.com. Thank you for coming back to the podcast. And this week, plus the next two weeks, I'm having a wonderful discussion with brothers Kenneth Magwood and Marcus Mathis about a topic that we're calling We Are Fishermen and We Are Brethren. Now, this is specifically related to some of the current events that's going on in America and around the world as people are grappling with some of the issues surrounding racism and justice, and we're wondering, where do Christians fit into this conversation, and what should we be doing with others and with one another? Today, we're going to begin with the first of three conversations on mental orientation. What do we mean by that? Well, let's get started, and we'll find out together. The majority of our listeners are Christians. Uh, When they see what's going on in our culture, maybe some are confused, or they don't know what to think. So here we are, three Christians together who are going to talk about partiality and justice and how we should uh, live and understanding together. I'm just curious if you had a maybe some words of encouragement as we begin for those listening. Sure. Uh, I believe the greatest way that we can all help is to continue to be conformed to the image of Christ. I mean, everything that we deal with today, uh, that's not of Christ uh, is not going to be something that God is pleased with. It's not going to be who we are trying to be. You know, God called us to be conformed to the image of his son. So therefore we are constantly daily trying to, you know, take away those things that are drawing us away from Christ, whatever it may be. Uh, Partiality, of course, is what we are discussing here. So the only way to get over that is to be conformed to the image of Christ to recognize that he didn't show partiality, that God doesn't show partiality. So therefore we aren't to show partiality either. And that's that covers everything. It's not just about race. It's not just about, uh, you know, creed or culture. It's just about don't show partiality. You know, many times I hear the statement, you know, um, I don't see color. Well, that's okay, but partiality is going to be something that we should be sure to avoid. You can still see my color and treat me like I'm supposed to be treated. You can still see that person's color or that person's background or that person's speech pattern or mm-hmm. whatever it may be and still treat that person the way that God wants us to treat them. And right. we have to go to the scripture to to realize what God wants us to do and how God wants us to treat one another. We don't go to, you know, uh, self-help books. We don't go to CNN or different types of sources to try to figure out how to treat one another as Christians because the manual is given through the scripture. And I think being conformed, well, I know being conformed to Christ will help everyone because it's not, like I said, it's not about a color thing. This is for everyone, whether you black or white or green or whatever color you are, you can still treat others impartially. So to know that God gives us the answers to find those answers and apply them to our life, to seek his help in our times of need, just like we would in any other situation or circumstances is the answer that I believe that we have to start with. And then, of course, continuing to uh, suppress or, or, uh, I guess, just rid ourselves of anything that's not of him. Thank you. That was, I think, a good big picture of, of what I'd like to accomplish as well. Kenneth, do you want to 
jump in? What's a takeaway you'd like for our listeners to get kind of at the macro level as we begin? Um, first, I, I agree with Marcus, like well said. Um, what I think, what I'd like to try to, you know, orient my thoughts around, or at least my comments is that I want us to kind of talk and think about from a scriptural basis with this question, what can we do, what we cannot do, and what do we have to do? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Those are pretty much the the three things that I'm interested in. Um, and, and you can apply it to really anything. Um, but, you know, Marcus introduced partiality and, and we did ask, you know, the question, how can we help? Um, first, I'd like to, to, to make us aware that I think we have the answers already in the scripture. It's just, it's just a small part of being a Christian. Like we have the answer that would already overcome what the world is struggling with because mm-hmm. that's Satan's kingdom. They, they're going to be struggling. And so I want to be careful to not try to, um, not try to fix problems that are consequences of not accepting Christ because the solution would be to, you know, submit to Christ's teaching to be baptized, to be a Christian. And I don't want to be so focused on an individual issue that I see that's happening in Satan's kingdom and then try to say, well, if you just do this, you know, it'll make, you know, your life comfy. You can go to hell, you know, in a Cadillac instead of on a Huffy bike, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> So I, I think to me, it comes down to those three, you know, what can we do? What does the Bible allow us to do in this situation? What can't we do? What does the Bible prohibit us from doing? And what do we absolutely have to do? And um, I think one of the things we have to do is have compassion, no matter what we're talking about. Um, I think that's a part of the Christian's characteristic is to be compassionate. So we don't get to pick and choose. Um what situations have compassion, but we still got to remember the other two. What sure. can and can't we do? Sure. Kenneth, you, you wrote in your outline that the first thing that you think is, is essential is uh, a mental orientation. What do you mean by that? And why do we, why should we start here when we're talking about this? Um, I think as a Christian, Satan is going to try to, I mean, his job <laughs> is to try to get us to go to hell with him. And so if he can distract us, you know, or, or do whatever he can to make that happen, he's going to. And I think an easy way of doing that is subtly ch- changing our focus. And so I think in order to, you know, it's, it's the same when they're the fallen brother or sister, we have to be mindful of ourselves lest we fall also. Mm-hmm. So when we start talking about this, I think having a biblical mental orientation is important. Um, and what I see is that there is an American perspective um, and perhaps even worldwide, but there's a, an American perspective about fairness and justice that to me is the opposite of the biblical perspective of fairness and justice. Um, my dad used to tell me when I was younger, uh, life's hard, then you die. And uh, <laughs> I thought about putting that on Facebook. And my wife was like, that's a little too morbid. But uh, I think what he was trying to tell me is that, you know, fairness isn't promised. You know, I look at examples in the Bible, Lazarus lived a hard life, you know, and then he died and then things got better. You know, yeah. Jesus lived a hard life. He, you know, he told us all that we have to bear our cross. He tells us that the world's going to wax worse and worse. He told us that the world hates him and they're going to hate us. And there's nothing there 
that to me would suggest that Satan is going to be nice to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we need to start off having this mentality that we can't expect Satan's kingdom or the world to be fair to us or the world to be just with us. I think Christ shows us the opposite. You know, it's going to be unfair. And that's part of the way we know that we're with them when we suffer with them. So if something happens to be fair, you know, that's a blessing. But I think our expectation needs to be things aren't going to be. And I rejoice if they are, but I'm not taken by surprise when they're not. Well, when, when Kenneth was talking, I was reminded of Matthew 10, 28. And I don't know if that, you know, goes into it, but I believe we can fit it in. It says, you know, and do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Uh, rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. So when Kenneth was talking, I was just thinking of, okay, well, the world is going to do certain things. But at the same time, we shouldn't. I guess be so caught up in what happens to us physically on this earth. Yeah, we do want to be treated fairly. Yes, uh, you know, it, it feels nice, but it's not always going to happen. But in the grand scheme of things, our soul is what matters the most. Each and every person's soul is what matters. So whatever happens to you on this earth, okay, it's going to be a small hiccup in your stay on earth. And maybe it's a big hiccup in your stay on earth. <laughs> Maybe your life ends because of something that happens. But if your life ends and you have lived for God, then you know where you're going to be. Your life has to end one way or the other. So Mm. when it comes to an end, the only thing that's going to matter is what you did for God, how you lived for God. Was your soul with God? Did you obey the gospel? You know, yes, X, Y, Z can be unfair. (laughs) I'm sure all of us have stories where we feel like that was unfair, but at the end of the day, it's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things because eternity awaits all of us. Death awaits all of us. So how we deal with our stay on earth, as far as our perspective to God each and every day, that's what matters. Well said. I want to read John um, 16 verse 33. Jesus is talking to his disciples He says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take Mm. heart, I have overcome the world. Mm. And uh, Kenneth, I know you got some other scriptures and some references to it in this opening concept, but I guess what we're wanting people to think about whenever they think about um, what's going on in America right now, we're using Bible words partiality, and we talked about this before we started the recording that we wanted to emphasize biblical words. But, you know, just in case there are folks who maybe don't see the connection, I'll kind of put it on the nose for just a moment. We're wondering about racism, and we're wondering about how Christians should be reacting in a world that is, it's kind of hyper-focused in ways that it has needed to be for a while, or others might think it's um, there's too much emphasis on things that they don't feel comfortable with. But we're talking about what the Bible identifies as partiality, treating somebody different, and the fairness and the unfairness that we're seeing in America versus the fairness and the unfairness that we should be expecting in the Scriptures. Now, you just motioned at me a moment ago. Did you have an additional thought you wanted to add on mindset or mental orientation? Yeah, I did. Um, and it piggybacks off of what you and Marcus said. 
but um there is a huge there's a huge benefit you know to being a christian and like marcus said you know our expectation is things may may be unfair i mean look at the early church they they got a ton of it <laughs> they got a ton of unfairness but there's a difference between us and them because when jesus tells us to count the cost he doesn't he doesn't come to us and say things are going to be super rosy he tells you up front you know what what king goes to war without first counting the cost he tells you know people that you're going to have to across the bear but he also gives us a hope you know and so we don't have to spend you know 60% 70% 80% of our time trying to fix all the problems that are on this earth because we know there's going to be problems because satan is here like that's his job that's what he's going to do but we have a hope and that's that's why we could say well you know this might not be this may never be resolved or this you know the the issues that the world has this is their last shot you know they live on earth some of them you know you can think of an atheist they don't believe there's a world after this so they got to put everything that they have mm, mm-hmm. you know into making this mm-hmm. earth and solving every problem that satan creates to try right. to you know trap them but the christian doesn't have to worry about that it's not our job to try to solve every issue in the world it's not our job that's why the word help is really to me the operative word we can try to help but i don't fe- i don't feel like it's our job to solve that problem that's why we have a hope that's why we have you know a place where we can say i mean that's that's how all the christians got through they they had this hope of a better place you know and if you want to talk about any person that might be experiencing an injustice as a christian they have a comfort knowing that there is a better place and so i'm not going through these things for no reason you know right you could see the end goal and that's a mental orientation i think that we need to have that instead of crying if this wrong doesn't get righted well jesus is going to write these things when he Mm -hmm. comes back there's going to be you know scales and balances so you don't you don't have to fret you know your pretty little head right now about it (laughs) but uh that doesn't mean we are uh, incompassionate, or is that a word? Incompassionate, <laughs> uh, compassionless, without compassion. Without compassion. <laughs> Don't judge me, listeners. <laughs> um, but that's that's essentially kind of what I think is so so wonderful, you know, about being a Christian is you get to see the big picture, and anybody will be like, well, if it's so bad, why? <laughs> it's it seems so dismal oh no there's 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 a there's an after this that you want to be aiming for uh otherwise i mean you, you read the story about lazarus and uh and the rich man there's definitely a happy ending for for lazarus <laughs> very true um marcus i'm wondering as we transition out of this this opening conversation about having a a good mindset or this mental orientation about fairness and unfairness uh, we are talking about the the Christian mindset and how there's a difference between the way I'm going to view problems in the world versus the way the world views it. And so people who don't have peace in Christ um, are going to struggle more through it. How should I be looking at the world? How can I be helping people who aren't Christians who are presently struggling in this, what what can I offer them as far as hope to get through something that they see as injustice? Number one thing that we have to offer is the gospel. 
And to me, that's the most important thing that matters. Amen. Uh, and it's kind of sounds cliche, I guess, maybe <laughs> because people say, well, okay, I need more than the gospel. But in all actuality, you don't need more than the gospel. Right. Because it's everything that you need. Number one is salvation for your soul. But then number two, it completely transforms your whole entire life. I mean, mm. as you become more like Christ, you realize how minuscule these things are. You realize that your perspective begins to change, that your way of life begins to change. And I can say that because I wasn't always a Christian. I didn't always know God. And when I didn't know God, I lived in the world and did the things that the world taught me to do. But then when I become to know, came to know God, I realized that his uh, expectations, his way of life was completely different. And then when I began to apply his expectations and his way of life to my life, my life became different. So, yes, we are struggling with a lot of different things today. And specifically, we're talking about partiality uh, in, in this session. But knowing Christ and giving someone the gospel is the greatest thing that we can give them because it, it, it takes care of all these issues. And, right. and I don't say take care of as in eradicates, like me knowing God is not going to eradicate partiality. But what it will do is change my perspective when that partiality occurs. I won't seek vengeance to say, okay, this person wronged me, so now I need to go out and return that wrong for wrong so, so I can get this person back. Because I know that vengeance belongs to the Lord. God tells us to turn the other cheek. So knowing him and coming to know him in my perspective is what everyone needs is what we can offer is mm -hmm. the gospel i mean because you have political activists and you have you know different types of people who are on different platforms who know a lot about history and know a lot about x y and z but at the end of the day what is that going to matter when you stand before god he's not going to want to know how much you knew about you know, this cause and how, how much you fought about this cause and what protests and what rallies you attended. He just want to simply know, did you accept my son? Like, did you walk in my son? When I lived in Cambodia, there was people that we wanted to help and they needed everything. They needed, mm -hmm. they needed mm -hmm. education. They needed basic, uh, human health services. They needed food mm -hmm. and, there were times when we felt so inadequate uh, to ministering to our neighbors. Mm -hmm. But what you just said was something that I constantly had to remind myself, especially I think it's second Corinthians four, but it says we have these treasure, this treasure in earthen vessels mm -hmm. so that the glory of the riches may be in Christ and not in us. And I had to humble myself and realize I had nothing that I could do that could change that neighborhood that I was in other than if I could give them the gospel and they could accept it, then they could begin to transform with, from within. Mm -hmm. And so I, I agree with you. Uh, the gospel has to be where we start. Marcus talked about the gospel and I think that is the big balloon. You know, we have um, this big circle and like you said, it's not cliche, but that circle encompasses everything else. So it's not like we're saying ignore people's needs. Um, my thought process is that pretty much there's two categories in which we can help a person. Uh, there's a practical aspect of helping a person and then there's a spiritual aspect. For example, you know, we can help the world practically, you know, if we 
we're walking to Walmart and we see, you know, a homeless person or, you know, they ask for food or something, we can give them money. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a scripture that talks about, you know, I think essentially there, uh, the scripture was talking about faith and they were saying, you know, about the person that says, you know, have faith, you're, you're, uh, you have food or, or something to that degree without actually doing the practical aspect of it. Um, and so the scriptures talk about actually having a spiritual and a marriage between a spiritual and practical help, um, having that faith, but actually doing something practically. And so I think what the world wants when we talk about, you know, partiality or really any kind of injustice that we see in the world or any, any kind of issue, they want a practical solution. You know, they want, can you give us 14 bags of, you know, food to help? Can you, and it is within the Christian's wheelhouse to do that. But I think the issue comes with how we manage our time. Um, the majority of our efforts shouldn't be in a practical way. Um, our job as the church is to deal with spiritual issues. Um, and so we help when we can, um, exact, actually Proverbs three and 27, uh, talks about that. It says withhold not good when, uh, I don't actually have it. I'm paraphrasing withhold not good when it's in the power of your hand to do so. And so the example is, you know, even like, like Marcus said, we're focused on the gospel. Does that mean we don't do any of the practical stuff? Mm-hmm. No, it says when it's in the power of your hand to do it. When I, like I said, if, you know, poverty is not a sin, but there are those that love money. The love of money is the root of all evil. And then there are those that are in poverty because of, you know, sin of loving money and, and, you know, the different things that come from that. But we know that we, we can help that we can give them, you know, we can help try to do stuff to reduce that. But really the only way of reducing, and I say reduce specifically reduce that issue is the gospel because we can't eliminate it. Um, and, and what I mean by eliminate is sin has to manifest in a specific form. Like Satan wants to trap us up. And so, you know, if Satan wants to trip you up with lust, it has to take some kind of form, whether it's, you know, a, a TV show, a magazine, or, or, you know, whatever, it has to take a specific form. And so if we spend all of our time trying to get rid of a sin, like the sin of partiality, we can't, we don't have that power. Um, I think what people try to do is get rid of a manifestation of that. They right. say, let's get rid of, you know, redlining or let's get rid of, you know, you can look at all of history and see, you know, people exercising partiality in a very specific way. And so people spend their time trying to target that manifestation. You can do that, but the mentality is we're not going to actually be able to get rid of partiality. So that means I need to limit the amount of time I'm doing, you know, doing this practical fight. It's not going to, I can't, I can't solve that issue. So if I'm spending 50% of my time, you know, trying to do spiritual things and 50% of my time trying to eradicate sin, it ain't going to work. You know, that ratio, it's just, I'm I'm wasting a lot of valuable time that I should be giving to the father doing spiritual things. And so maybe that ratio is different for you, depending on, you know, where you are in Christ. You could, Hmm. it could be 20, 80, it could be, you know, 60, 40, um, it's different to expect a babe in Christ to be, you know, all on heavily things as a person that's been in, you know, in the body and mature for like, you know, decades, you know, that ratio is different. And so for the listener, yes, we can help the world, but I would say when we can, and it shouldn't consume the majority of our time, we have 
to be about our father's business. Mm -hmm. If I'm not a Christian and I hear some of the things you guys are saying, it may feel like you're a little bit disconnected from me. You know, you're emphasizing gospel, you're emphasizing things that maybe I don't relate to if I don't know Jesus. And so I know you're wanting me to get to know Jesus, but if I'm crying out for relief or if I'm crying out for justice or for uh, mercy and I'm being told that I can't have that, I can have the gospel, um, how do I reconcile what you're saying with what I need? Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I've been accused of kind of that disconnection thing where it's so black and white, but that's why I call it a mental orientation. It's 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 not thing you're not outwardly saying, "Hey, you got to deal with this," you oh, know, on your okay. own. That may be a you know. <laughs> it's you're be, not broadcasting this, but it's going to actually seem like quite the opposite when we like Marcus was talking about you know the gospel that talks about being a fisher of men, you know, mm -hmm. we're bringing people to the feet of Christ. And so at that point, we're talking about how do you do that? What methods, what techniques, you know, what strategies that includes learning about the person that includes doing practical things. You know, you know, we read about in the Bible where people will cut to the hearts, you know, that we're, we're talking about being able to connect with people. And that's when these very specific things come into mm -hmm. play. It's not that I'm trying to, you know, just pander or it's, it's your issues are a part of what brings people to the gospel. Nobody just comes to Christ because they don't need something. <laughs> they come to Christ because there's something very specific mm. that mm -hmm. they need. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're being bait. We're fishers of men. And so part of, you know, leading somebody to the gospel is I need to know a little bit about your background. I need to know about some of your yeah. struggles and I can relate to you on that level, but I still have a mental orientation that I'm not trying to solve those individual things outside of the gospel. If anything, I'm sending you to the person that can, that can, that can do that. And he's going to do it on his terms, his way. We're going to pause right there. And I want to invite you to come back next week to continue this discussion with brother, Marcus and Brother Kenneth, as we talk about being fishermen and brethren. And next week, we'll jump into what it means to be a fisherman of the world, especially in a climate where partiality, or in our culture, we often associate that with racism. But as the Bible calls it partiality, we're wondering how Christians can interact with the world. So we've spent some time on mental orientation. So come back next week as we begin a new part of this conversation focused on our interaction with others, maybe who don't share the faith that we have. I just want to say this, as far as motivation for this mini-series, I was deeply touched by some things that Kenneth and Marcus shared on Facebook, doing their best as Christian men who are also black men to try to explain to others some of the personal issues that they've had with others who are showing partiality based on the color of skin. And so I wanted to use this platform to give them an opportunity so that all Christians can be united in showing how partiality is wrong and how together black and white and brown and yellow and whatever other colors we might want to use to describe ourselves, that together we can get through this through the love and the good news of Jesus Christ. So until next week, please go to the website, check out all the other resources that are there to use and download absolutely free.
And as always, I want to end by telling you, God loves you very much. And I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.